welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 Are you spending too much time managing your Airbnb guest communications? With Avida IQ's easy-to-use automated messaging service, your guest communications go on autopilot so you can go back to living your life. Get your free Aviva IQ account at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome, everybody, another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Last week, I was all by myself because I had some internet troubles, but today... I'm very happy to be hosting this podcast with the one and only David Jacoby. David, welcome. How are you? Hey, hey, I missed you last week, Jasper. I was up all night. You didn't call. You didn't write. I know. Were you worried about me? I was so worried. I'm like, what happened, Jasper? (laughs) Well, um, I'm still alive. I just got back from a short trip to El Nido, which is in the Philippines. It's uh, really an amazing place. Did some scuba diving. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Did some scuba diving, uh, just chilling out on uh, on some beaches. Pretty pretty sweet. All right. Well, glad uh, glad you had fun there and uh, glad you're back to somewhere where we can connect. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm going to be in Taipei for the next uh, two months. I just arrived. So I'll have a stable internet connection, which makes my life a lot easier. Awesome. All right. So I I, got, I heard there's um, some uh, some stuff going on in California. There's uh, there's wildfires and stuff. Yes, it is pretty crazy here. It really is. It's serious. This is probably the biggest fire in the greater Bay Area, Northern California, in a long time. There were the famous uh, Oakland Hills fires many years ago, and apparently this is worse than that. Uh, and even here in San Francisco, you can smell it. It's pretty bad. My wife, a couple nights ago, she asked me, she's like, do you smell smoke? And I hadn't. And then I started sniffing and it was like, wow, I really can't smell it. So we looked all over the house, see if our house was on fire. And then we opened up the door and it was even stronger. So I started walking up and down the block, seeing if any of our neighbor's houses were on fire. And I couldn't believe it was coming from miles away from over the water up in up in Marin, even, even more north. Uh, but the winds are pretty strong. The fire's strong. The winds are strong. And people are being advised to stay inside uh, here in San Francisco. But, you know, enough about here in San Francisco. It's really devastating what's happening um, up up north. Almost 20 people, I heard, have died already. And just, you know, homes are being destroyed. Uh, So it it is a big deal. Yeah, I'm reading here that uh, at least 1,500 homes and structures have been destroyed by a series of 17 fires across a hundred and fifteen thousand acres of land so that's a that's a pretty large area um airbnb has uh, opened up their open homes program for those who are affected uh, by the fires uh, this is the sixth time that they uh, use the open homes feature this year 
just a week or so ago, they opened it up after the uh, the terrible event that uh, happened in uh, Las Vegas. So it's the it's the sixth time they opened it up. Um, people can can participate um, if you uh, you just Google uh, Airbnb Open Homes Program, then you'll you'll be able to find the link. So people can open up their homes from October 9th to October 31st. And there's already uh, a good amount of people who've uh, who've opened up their homes. So always good to see that uh, there's people out there who want to help. Uh, yes, it's great. They did a great job moving quickly on this. Uh, the fire started happening Sunday night by Monday afternoon. The announcement had already gone out and um, they were getting the word out to, to host I think this is wonderful what Airbnb does. Uh, it doesn't, you know, they implemented it once a while ago and then they started implementing it for other things. I think they get a little too much credit compared to the actual hosts. Uh, all they're doing is saying, Hey, if people want to stay for free, you can stay for free now. Ta da. And it's the hosts who should be really getting a lot of the credit. It'd be cool if Airbnb maybe gave some discount or credit or coupon or something to to the hosts who, who do this because they are, you know, they are giving up actual paying guests potentially. Uh, so a, a real shout out to the Bay Area hosts who have graciously opened up their homes to people who need it, as well as Las Vegas and, and Houston and Florida and all the other places where it's been happening. Yeah, you make a good point. I guess uh, Airbnb could offer some travel credit to the hosts who are you know, opening up their homes, or maybe they can they can offer them to forgo the three percent fee for a number of bookings. I think that would be a, a great gesture. Yeah, there's a bunch of things that they can do. Some token, some gesture, as you said. But the world really seems to be falling apart. I was speaking with a vacation rental management company in Barbados today, and I was asking. You know, how are you doing from Irma and from the other hurricanes? You know, I hope everything's okay. And she goes, well, we weren't hit as bad as other places like St. John's. But enough about me. How are you doing up in San Francisco with the fires? Um, but between earthquakes in Mexico and hurricanes and fires, uh, something weird's going on in the world right now, Jasper. Yeah. Well, there's apparently there's a typhoon coming up here in Taipei, so oh, I might get my share of uh, natural disasters uh, as well soon. Let's uh, let's talk about WeWork. Airbnb has partnered with WeWork, and WeWork is the it's kind of the Airbnb for shared office space. I, w- I would say, although it works a little bit different, I think you the idea is you get um, you pay a certain amount of money per month, and then you get you get an office space somewhere, you get a desk basically. And I I didn't realize this was WeWork has turned into a pretty big company. Um, they mm-hmm. received a four point four billion dollar investment from SoftBank, and you know I, I just looked on Crunchbase to to see how much funding they've received in in total. I mean, this company was founded in 2011, so that's uh, you know, it's like three years after Airbnb, and they have raised almost 10 billion dollars, and most of most of the money coming from SoftBank, but plenty of investments from from other companies as well, and that kind of shocked me. You know, that that's that's a lot of money. They must be valued at somewhere around like 15 to 20 billion dollars, which is no, not that much less than Airbnb itself. Like Airbnb is probably valued around 30, 25 to 30 billion. Did you know that uh, WeWork was getting so big? Yeah, they've been getting a lot of investor money. They are one of the 
uh, prized as, as people call them unicorns, which is they're valued at over a billion. And now it's definitely well over a billion. Uh, one point of clarification, uh, they are less the uh, Airbnb of office space and more of a um, business that gets offices, gets spaces all over the country, if not the world. And you can go in and you can rent a space out if you want a place to work. Uh, but it's it's all owned or leased by this one company that manages it, uh, as opposed to there's other sites that are, that are getting popular, like Breather is one of the more popular ones that is, is really more the the Airbnb model where it's local people maybe have an extra office space and they want to rent that out to someone uh, like renting out a room on Airbnb. So just a slight clarification on on the difference there. Oh, that makes sense. Thank you for clarifying. Um, so Airbnb and WeWork confirmed their partnership. They didn't discuss any details, but I imagine the way it will work is that if you stay at an Airbnb, you'll be able to probably rent a, a desk at one of the WeWork spaces for, I imagine it's probably like a day or maybe even like half a day or a couple days. And then I imagine you get like a pretty good rate. Is that what you envision as well? Uh, yes, and that's what you can do anyway. So you don't need to necessarily have a WeWork membership uh, to work at a WeWork space for a day. Like they have different plans. You could pay a monthly fee and you get a space where wherever you travel, if they have a WeWork office there, or you could just dip in for a day and pay a, a one-time daily fee. So it almost sounds like a cool advertising deal for WeWork to suddenly be promoted within Airbnb as you're going through the booking process. Maybe if you've selected your like uh, business traveler, uh, then it'll serve up the option while you're checking out if you want a WeWork space too. I don't know if you get a special discount if you do it through Airbnb or not, or I'm sure I imagine Airbnb is getting some sort of commission on that. So it definitely seems like a win-win and does make it a little easier for the, the business traveler. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine you you got to get a discount, right? Because otherwise, yeah, it's nice for Airbnb if they get a commission. But um, I think if, if they offer an incentive, then way more people would actually use it. Right. And I, I imagine many people, way more people will use it anyways, because not everyone's familiar with WeWork. And if they're on Airbnb making a reservation and suddenly it says, hey, do you want a place to have, you know, free Wi-Fi and a desk and a printer and other, you know, facilities? go and book it, that alone, just the fact that you can do it within your confirmation process on Airbnb, uh, that alone could be a benefit. So right. I think more details will come out. It makes a little sense. I actually, I wasn't so familiar with uh, with this WeWork thing, but I, you know, I actually rented, I was once I was in Paris, I rented an Airbnb and then I had to record a podcast and the Wi-Fi wasn't strong enough. And so mm. I was kind of like uh, in a rush. And so I went on Airbnb and I found a different apartment, and I quickly messaged the host. I was like, "Hey, uh, can I? You know, do you have good Wi-Fi? Can I rent your your place for one night? I just need it for a couple hours." And then, um, you know, within an hour or so, I, I was at the other Airbnb doing the podcast. I'm uh, really doing a podcast. Can I rent it? Seriously, that's the only reason I want it for a couple hours. Yeah, I mean, I was literally, I was literally in a situation where I was like, "Okay, I need strong Wi-Fi within, you know, like an hour or two. I uh, wasn't sure where to go. I was in Paris, but um, you know, I I guess I could have checked out the WeWork. But then, you know, for the recording, I kind of need the space to be quiet, and also I need to be allowed to speak. You know, like I imagine a lot of these co-working spaces. I have worked with a lot of them. You know, you're usually supposed to be quiet so that you don't disturb any of the other people. Yeah, they have a combination of uh, open spaces as well as private 
offices if you want uh, the absolute quiet. What do you think about the idea of uh, adding Airbnb listings where you rent out a spare room with a desk just for the for a couple hours or for the day? Uh, sure. I, for a couple hours is kind of weird. It's not really the Airbnb model. So I think they would have to really expand the filters and search options. And, you know, are, is it really going to be significantly less than if you rent for a day? But again, that's what other sites are trying to make the niche for. So as I mentioned earlier, Breather is just one that comes to mind that I've come across. And I feel like there are a few others. And that really is focused on you need an office space for a couple hours. You need to you want to either have a big team retreat and have a big meeting or you're just traveling somewhere and need a place for for a few hours. So I think there's other companies trying to fit that specific niche. Right. Well, in any case, it's clear that Airbnb is really targeting the business traveler. You know, earlier the business travel ready feature came out and now the partnership with WeWork. So it's uh, it's clear that they're looking for growth in that area. Um, talking about investments, Airbnb's major rival in China is called a company called Tujia. And we've talked about it before. Uh, they've just raised 300 million and they're now valued at $1.5 billion. And they are looking to expand overseas. So what are your thoughts? Yes, that's a, a huge announcement on their end. They really are ramping it up for the Chinese market. It's an area that I know Airbnb has been trying to get a strong foothold in. It's been a big focus of theirs for a while to varying degrees of success. I know they've had a couple um, trips and falls. I think the person who was overseeing that had had left uh, um, about a year ago or so. Uh, and there is some other competition there like Tujia. Uh, and with this additional raise, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. It reminds me a little bit of uh, with Uber trying to make it into China. And if you're not a local Chinese company, it's it's a lot harder. And oftentimes the local one will win. Yeah, I think the Chinese government definitely prefers the Chinese companies and uh, probably uh, put some sort of restrictions uh, on foreign companies. So I think it's always hard to you know, to really do well in China. And so, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But uh, in any case, Tujia now has 650,000 listings versus Airbnb apparently has 4 million now. Um, but with this investment, uh, there's a good chance that they'll be growing uh, quite a bit. And if they manage to grow overseas, then, you know, Tujia could actually become, you know, maybe even as big as Airbnb, because China is a, is a huge market. There's, you know, there's 1.3 billion people there. So, you know, if they manage to, at some point, drive out all the competition, like uh, what what happened, kind of happened to Uber, then you know that could be pretty big. You know, they they have some uh, a little listings in Japan as well, and if they manage to to uh, take a bigger market share in some of the Asian other Asian countries. Because I mean, the Asian market is uh, is is huge, especially if you include India as well. And by the way, uh, there was an article about India, and uh, Airbnb is actually growing very fast in India. And I was kind of thinking about the differences between China and India, because in terms of populations, they're they're almost the same now. I was looking at the population growth. Like, 20 years ago, it was still a very big difference. There was way more people in China than in India. But India has really caught up, and there's now almost as many people in India as in, as in China. So India is definitely a, a very interesting market for, for Airbnb, and I think it's probably easier to get a lot of traction in India than in, than in China, I guess, because the, you know, the economy is a little bit more open as well. I think a lot more people in India are a bit more Western-focused. A lot more people speak English. 
But then on the other hand, you know, India is a very poor country still. I was looking at the at the average income. They're uh, they're listed around the the one hundred and fortieth richest country in the world out of two hundred. So it's it's uh, that's pretty low at about seventeen hundred dollars uh, average income per year, which is very little, especially compared to, for example, the U.S. Uh, stands at about fifty seven thousand. But um, but yeah, they're they're growing very fast in India. They're the, we're seeing rates of like two, three hundred, some areas five hundred percent. So I guess for for Airbnb India would be a, a good bet to tr- try and uh, grow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, travel uh, within India is increasing significantly. Um, just business travel and leisure travel uh, from locals, as well as it being more of a popular tourist destination. Uh, as well as medical tourism is getting popular there. Uh, people going to, you know, get some surgery or, 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 or something, something, uh, they can do it significantly cheaper there than in other places. Uh, there was a company that was called the Airbnb of India for a while, uh, which is called Stayzilla. And I remember at the beginning of the year, they had announced that they were either sunsetting they were stopping or maybe pivoting and i just checked out their website and the website is still up uh so i'm not sure what the change was it seemed like things weren't going well for them so uh airbnb definitely is filling a big gap from what was being done locally there for for a bit uh so there's huge room to grow and i don't know if there's much competition for them there yeah definitely yeah i can definitely see uh, airbnb coming uh, pretty big in india is there anything one, else one, that you wanted to mention? Yeah, well, one thing also going back to the, the China market, uh, not only is there competition for travel within China, uh, but all the local Chinese who are traveling overseas, that is a huge market as well. And if Tujia gets it right and really grows uh, as the trusted spot um, for locals, uh, they can easily expand for listings outside of China too, and they'll get that local Chinese traveler. So they really have a strong advantage to grow uh, within um, the greater Asian countries and then beyond. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know, let's keep an eye out uh, and and see how they uh, how they grow compared to Airbnb. Like I said, uh, right now it's like six hundred and fifty thousand versus four million. So Airbnb still has a, a big advantage in terms of uh, size, but um, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, Jazz for those million. That's for four million around the world, right? So that's I don't right. know. If two, I don't know if two G is really focused on everywhere yet, like Airbnb is. So. I wonder what the apples to apples comparison is in China and other countries near China. Uh, it's probably a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hosts, I am having so much fun running my Airbnb and hosting travelers from all around the world. I have to admit, though, ensuring my guests receive all the details about their stay on time can be stressful and overwhelming. Recently, I learned about a cool new service called Aviva IQ. Aviva IQ automates, personalizes, and delivers my guest communications automatically, so I don't have to. Now I can relax knowing my guests are informed and happy. Did I mention Aviva IQ is free? Get your life back at www.avivaiq.com. Um, one news item that's been in the headlines a lot uh, has to do with uh, somebody in Florida. An Airbnb host in Florida had installed hidden cameras in his Airbnb. 
and there was a couple staying at the Airbnb and they, they were looking at the smoke detector and it looked a little weird. So they had a closer look and it turned out there was a camera hidden inside the smoke detector. And mm-hmm. later after the police came, they, uh, they discovered a second camera. Uh, now, obviously, uh, Airbnb has banned this host. Uh, the police uh, arrested him. In his uh, his defense was that he was using the camera for private uh, type of events, um, and he wasn't uh, he didn't have them turned on uh, when the Airbnb guests were staying there. But then uh, the police uh, noted that uh, if that was really the case, then you know why why did he hide the cameras? Uh, it sounds very very shady to me. Yeah, it definitely sounds a little fishy. And it's it's a bummer that these stories keep popping up and the press loves pouncing on them. You know, they don't talk about there's a million vacation rental stays, if not more every night. Uh, you know, these one, these random outliers, of course, get all the press, as, as you've said before, Jasper, you don't read an article that there were, you know, 999,000 wonderful stays last night and nothing happened. So it is kind of annoying. Yes, these things happen and, and you need to watch out for stuff like that. And um I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> well, the reason I want to bring it up is because I read in the article that uh, according to the Airbnb terms of service, a host right. has to disclose any surveillance devices in the home. And you mentioned to me that you were planning to install like a smart lock and also like a doorbell with a camera inside. And so you know, the interesting question is uh, what counts as a surveillance device and you know how do you disclose it? Uh, do you put? I guess you just you could just uh, write it in your listing, but I I could imagine that you know some Airbnb guests. Uh, I mean Airbnb guests are notorious for not reading the Airbnb listing description. First of all, so a lot of people will probably uh, not read it even if you if you mention it in the description. But um, what are your thoughts on the on the camera and the doorbell? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up. It is something I've been looking into. I'm going to get a smart lock and looking into the different options between that as well as the doorbells and the the video doorbells. So Ring is a popular one, at least here in the United States. Uh, I'm looking into August, which has both a combination smart lock and keypad as well as a doorbell. Uh, And it's a one-way video, so I can see them. They can't see me. So if I'm traveling somewhere and one of my guests can't get in, I can see who it is. And then by just pressing a button, have the door automatically unlocked for them. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And that's that's the benefit. That's why I want to do it. I don't want to have to rely on an actual key that sometimes a guest might lose or the previous guest might forget to put back in the, in the lockbox. Uh, I can see, you know, there is a slippery slope, like, uh, where do you draw the line? I can see a guest thinking, oh, now not only do they know when I've arrived, but they're always knowing when I'm coming and going. And, and maybe that's an invasion of privacy. Um, you know, I think there's at least one clear line as if this is outside uh, for the home, it's security and protection and, and not an invasion of privacy versus having a, a camera that's actually, of course, in, in the house, <laughs> a hidden camera in the bedroom. Uh, so, uh, but needing to put that in the listing, I think that's fair. And I, I have no problem once I get my lock to say, you know, for your security, we have, you know, keyless lock and, and doorbell, um, video doorbell to, um, make sure no unwanted guests are there. I think it's also helpful to protect from additional guests coming. You know, you rent it out to one person and, and all of a sudden they're having 10 people coming in, which is against maybe the, your house rules. Uh, so it'll protect you against that and someone who might 
want to do something like that, if you advertise that you have this, now they'll know better and they'll, they'll maybe go for another listing instead. So yeah, I'll keep you in the loop of how, uh, how my decision-making process goes and what I end up installing. So how does this video doorbell work exactly? Let's say I ring the doorbell. Do you get like a, a notification on your iPhone or something? And then you can, you turn on the app and you see, basically you see me standing in front of the door and then you can, you have a button in your iPhone where you can open the door. Is that, is that how it works? Yeah, that's exactly it. So with August specifically, it's connected to the lock where you can open the door. There are other uh, competitors out there, like Ring is the real popular one, uh, that has a couple of cooler, I think, bells and, and whistles on the doorbell, but you can't unlock the door. It's just kind of the doorbell and video app in that regard. So I'm looking for something a little more integrated. If anyone has other ideas, please let me know. So one thing also, in addition to them ringing the bell, there's motion sensor. So if there's any movement going on by your door, you'll get you'll get a notice. That's pretty useful. I really like the idea that you can, you know, that you can control everything remotely and that the doorbell is connected to the lock. That's that's the biggie because there's separate doorbell companies and separate lock companies. So getting one that's connected is really the next step for the vacation rental host. Awesome. Well, we are already talking for 25 minutes. So unfortunately, we have oh, now come to the end of this episode. It's funny because you, before we started recording, David was, he asked me if I had any questions from, uh, from Airbnb host this week. And I actually have a lot of them because he, you, know, you were thinking we didn't have enough content to discuss. But when you and me get talking, David, uh, you know, it, it never stops. Amazing how time flies like that, Jasper. Uh, hey, one other thing, I just wanted to give a shout out to anyone who's heading to the Vacation Rental Managers Association conference in Orlando uh, next week. I will be there as well and would love to meet any listeners here. So uh, if I could uh, just send out my email, it's my name, david at hostfully.com. Uh, please let me know if you're going to be there and I'd love to meet up for a drink. Awesome. And with that, we have come to the end of the episode. And David, uh, good luck at the conference. Wish I could join you, but it's, uh, it's a bit far away from me right now. But, um, you know, good luck there and uh, looking forward to hearing some, uh, some insights. And for all the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And, uh, of course, we'll be back on Monday with a new episode. And next Friday, where we'll be discussing the news. So I hope to see you then. Bye-bye. Get paid for your pet, 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 get paid for your pet.